as we worship God in Christ Jesus at Lord of Hosts International Church as Henry Young, the General Overseer of Lord of Hosts International Churches, ministers to you in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord forever. Lift your hand and say, God have mercy on me. Please don't judge me according to the judgment I deserve. Be gracious unto me and save me from your judgment. God said, David, small Uriah, we get one wife. You will get plenty. You killed him and took his wife. I will show you something. Do you know that after the matter of Bathsheba, David did not add another wife? When he see women fear, go catch them. Even when he was old and they brought Abishag, the Shunammite, a fine young girl. Because the people around him knows that Togar like women. They say, let's find one fine babe and bring around him. When they touch him small, his body will warm up. He got no heat. He got no heat. You don't know what David see. I suggest, I don't know, but I suggest jokingly that maybe when Abishag was touching him, he was saying, no, 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 wait, I don't see with women. Leave me alone, please. <laughs> he said, what? No, they never see something. Now may they bring this woman come near me. Right before his eyes, two things God said will happen, began to happen, sword in his house. First, his own daughter, his own son raped his daughter. Why David couldn't judge that matter? He knew he was the cause. And because he couldn't judge it, his son Ab Absalom rose up and killed the one that raped his daughter because God said, sword will not depart from thy house. Even after Solomon became king, Solomon still killed Adonijah because sword will not depart from thy house. Sometimes you see some family torn apart, fighting. You don't know what has happened generations before. Judgment. <laughs> and then God said, you lie with the wife of Uriah secretly. I will make somebody very close to you lie with your wife in this, your wife's in the sight of the son. It was his own son. Ahitophel advised Absalom. He said, the best way for all the people around you that are fighting against your father to know that you and your father can never reconcile. Go and catch your father's wives and sleep with all of them. In fact, let us spread a tent for you so that you'll be doing it in the open. Everybody will see you sleeping with them in the open. That way they will know that you and your father can never reconcile. So their heart will be strong to fight your father. The foolish boy went. But it was the judgment God pronounced. And then finally, the boy himself, David said, don't kill him, don't hurt him. There's nothing you can do. Sword will not depart from David's house. At least until Jesus comes. So whether he said, don't kill him, three said, I will kill him. When nobody wanted to kill him, three trap him. Even if your father doesn't want to kill you, I want to kill you because God has spoken that there should be sword in this house. Please don't despise God. Because those that despise God, they call for judgment. They call for judgment. Number five, adultery. Sorry, idolatry. Idolatry. 
I don't have to explain that. You already know that idolatry draws God's judgment because God hates it. And don't forget, idolatry is not only when you carve an image and you are worshipping. When you treasure anything above God. Be hardworking, be passionate, but if you treasure your business, your job, your career, your source of income above God, you are looking for trouble because it's idolatry. Let's move on for time's sake. Number six, listen to this one carefully. Abandoning God's purpose and God's mission for blessing you or for putting you in a position of privilege. Did you hear what I said? When God blesses you, he has a reason. Say amen to that. May God bless you this year. When God puts you in a position of privilege or advantage, there is something in his mind that made him do that. When you abandon that thing in his mind, you are calling for judgment. Man of God, that's why I know that God will judge Nigerian politicians. Majority of them, I want to be conservative, majority of them, because majority of them never uses power for the reason God gives men power. One of the reasons God gives you power to rule over men is to protect those men. But our politicians will rather destroy the people in order to get power. God will judge them. God will judge them. When you, when you get to know the nitty-gritties of why God's will at Babio left PDP for APC, then you will, you will spit on the face of Nigerian politicians. So, so that you don't get into trouble with the president, your state should be sold. When he was saying, his campaign slogan was, the Egyptians you see today, you shall see them no more. When his head was still in order. But now, his campaign slogan is, we will storm a quiet bomb like Hitler. See the, the difference between the two. We will invade like Adolf Hitler. This is the same you that used to quote the Bible before. What happened to you? He dined with the devil and he developed the system of the devil. Because they are ready to sell. If you stole money and they want to try you, so what? Look at David. This is how le true leaders in the sight of God. David counted Israel and God started killing Israel. And David went to God in prayer. He said, God, it's not these people that sin. It's me. Why are you killing them? Please leave them alone. Leave them. Don't kill them for my sin. Let your hand be against me and my father's house. It was me that sinned. That is the heart of a true leader. That's why the leader God treasures most in human race is David. Don't kill them for my sin. Kill me and leave them. God said, wow. And you know what? God doesn't kill those who think like that. When the angel that was killing wanted to enter the city where David was, God's angel stop. You don't do let's negotiate, let's renegotiate. It's only in, in Africa you do election with guns and bombs. Because there are no leaders, they are beasts. 
the first purpose of leadership. Why did the children of Israel have to get a king? They say, make us a king that will fight our battles. Nigeria has no battle with any nation. Our president is busy fighting with Nigerian people. What a shame and a shameless fellow. The same people you were put in office to protect. Cast spite on your grave. But let's leave them alone. You, if God blessed you, if God has blessed you, if God blesses you, try to know why. The greatest sustainer of blessings and positions is if you find out why you were kept there. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen? And if you have read the Bible at all and you know God, the reason God blesses his children, the reason God will promote his child, the reason God will take a Christian and put him in a position of influence and power is first and foremost for the kingdom. Everybody say for the kingdom. You know why not too many decent Christians are doing well in politics? Because many of them, when they get there, they forget the kingdom. All this nonsense we are talking about, Islamization of Nigeria, so so Bill is brought into the house of Senate. Are there not Christians in that Senate? What will happen if some of them stand up and say, if you, if you guys present this bill again, I will move a bill to divide this country. What will happen? What will happen? I'm a Christian and I'm here and you are pushing a bill to sell my nation to another religion. If I see that bill again, I will move a motion for the division of Nigeria. But they are all cowards. Their belly is their God. All they want is to eat and eat and eat. If the destruction comes on all of us, no problem. What a shame. What a shame. I always say to people, if your loved ones lack what you can provide, you are a failure. If you have power, position to provide protection and the people you're supposed to protect are vulnerable, you are a failure. Except it's not in your power, then God knows it's not in your power. And a lot of times, ah, thank you Jesus. I hear the Spirit of God say to me, this year, as many as will prove to me in sincerity that they know and they are willing to stick to my purpose of blessing, I will bless them. Because very often, the church is looking for blessing, for self. They are talking about Islamic bank, Islamic bank, and all of us are panicking. Are there not Bilonia Christians? Are there not Bilonia pastors? Two pastors in Nigeria can comfortably float a bank. So why don't they, and some one, two, three, four Bilonia Christians say, why are we quarreling about Islamic bank? Let's also float Christian bank. Federal government, if you approve Islamic bank, you must approve Christian bank. Why? Because of selfishness in the bones of Christians. Listen to me. A selfish Christian is useless to God. Yes, sir. He can have heaven and earth and he will impact nothing. He can have all the position, all the power, and he will affect nothing. Few Christians that are kingdom-minded and selfless are more useful in the hand of God than millions of Christians that are all selfish and useless. 
That's the biggest challenge with Nigerian Christianity. How can we have over 60 billion Christians and we don't even influence elections? What a shame. And the reason is selfishness. We don't understand why God blesses. We don't understand why God gives money. We don't understand why God puts in position. We think it's so that we can have big car, big house. People call us big man. We appear in location and donate money and they sing with our name. We take chief tense title. Okwa Google. I have seen Christians propose bills in their state, make policies as governors that hurt the body of Christ as Christians in the name of orderliness and decency. And I look at such and I say, I spit on your grave. You're a useless child of God. How many of you here will be governor of your state or president of Nigeria and allow people mess your earthly father up? Your father will say, I have no child. Why do Christians stay in positions of power and money and allow God's God and God's things be messed up? Do you know that if you get to the north, Muslims are not even as many as they claim. You will be shocked. You enter into Abuja, you see somebody dressed like a large. You want to preach to him, he tells you, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, no? But what's the difference between us and them? They are diehard loyalists to their kingdom. They are passionately committed to their kingdom. Those that, of them that are rich are willing to lay down their money to kill you. For their foot soldiers to kill you. Those of us that are rich are not willing to lay down our money to preach to them. Buy more lands, buy more cars, buy more houses, send more of your children abroad, and that, and that, and that. Then when you die, what next? What next? And I hope you know that I'm not condemning those things. But those are not the first purpose why God blesses his children. The first purpose is the kingdom. The first purpose is the kingdom. The second purpose is to defend the defenseless. The poor, the weak, the needy, the widow, the orphan. The helpless women. Maybe those enjoyments are like the third. Mommy is giving me signal that time has passed. But you know that when I'm in this frequency, I want to finish my message. Because the tone of the message, I don't know how many of you will come on Sunday. So now that you have already entered, make we kukuma finish them. Uh-huh. But by the way, let me say, this is not a message to run away from. You either receive this message, make the correction, or those that reject it face the judgment. Oh, Spirit of God, help me. Let's read 1 Samuel 9.16. I will try not to explain. Just to show you what I just said in the Bible. 1 Samuel 9.16. Tomorrow, about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, and that he may save my people 
Why did he want to anoint him to be captain? Please help me. You saw it. Why did he want to anoint him to be captain? To save his people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry is come unto me. So first of all, let's, okay, let's, let's, let's hit it direct. God anointed Saul to save and deliver Israel. The moment Saul lost sight of that and started doing whatever he likes, the kingdom was taken. I will show you. But understand from this scripture, most times God blesses you to a certain degree, to a certain level. Understand that there are people he has in mind. God cannot make you a billionaire just for you and your children and your wife. How much are you going to eat? Now, in life, unfortunately, it's not everybody that has the capacity, the strength, the doggedness, the smartness, the wisdom, the ability to labor. Are you getting what I'm saying? To position themselves for blessings. So what God normally does is, if he sees this community, these people suffering, he says, who can I bless to help them now? Okay, you come. Then he blesses you. As he blessed you, he has a mind that through your blessing, these people's pains will be relieved. But the moment you become selfish, you can never relieve their pains. Saul got there and thought it was for flexing. God said, because I anointed you to save my people. Part of saving my people is to deal with those who deal with them. Go and help me deal with Amalek. Saul got there. Did the one he liked, did the one he didn't like, brought some oxens. He said, catch the king alive for me so that he will know I'm in charge. Sir, God does not bless for flexing. When he came back, called the long story short, God said, Samuel, Saul has turned away from following me. Samuel went, ah, uh -uh. your excellency, what happened? He said, I went where the Lord sent me. The man said, you didn't go anywhere. Listen to this. That you are fulfilling a few of the purposes does not mean you are fulfilling the purpose. Partial commitment is no commitment. He said, but you couldn't have done that. I'm hearing the bleating of the sheep and I'm hearing the lowing of the oxen. How can you say? He said, oh, that one, we brought it for sacrifice. Excuses. Beware of excuses you give why you won't serve God the way God wants you to serve him. Because those are the key moments you are departing from his purpose. I went there. I went the other side. I went the other side. I have this meeting. I have that meeting. You know this is my business partner. They now fix a meeting on Sunday. So what will happen? They will kill you if you tell them, I'm a Christian. I don't miss service. The same people who fix meetings for you on Sunday will not let you fix a meeting for them on their cult meeting day. Why are we so light? Why? Well, Samuel said to him, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, you have decided not to stay in why you were blessed. God has also taken away the blessing. God has rejected you from being king. He said, man of God, honor me before my people. Brr, he tore his clothes. The moment judgment starts, 
Even things you didn't intend to backfire will backfire. <laughs> you know how he finally ended. Let's cut the long story short there. Hello? May God not allow you to enter into judgment. In Jesus' mighty name. Number seven, rebellion against God's instructions. Rebellion against God's instructions. It brings judgment. You know that. First Samuel 15, 22 and 23. Number eight. Please listen to this one. Is another silent killer. And many people don't realize when this one creeping. Touch your neighbor. Say neighbor, 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 neighbor. Listen to this one. Is your neighbor alert? Everybody stop writing now. Hear what I want to say. Number eight thing that provokes God's judgment. When you forget where God took you from. When you forget where he brought you from and start acting like you are some self-made man. Judgment. And I don't know, oh God, forgive our madness. Very often, many human beings, Christians and non-Christians, we creep into that place. When you see us act, when you see us talk, when you see us reason, when you see us think, the things going on in our heart, the way we want to treat another human being, we seem to forget that. Now you be that girl we've been they say pure water for my trio. Now the same you. We seem to forget. Now you be that boy with them born for touch house. Now the same you. Mud house. We seem to forget. Now you be that same person. Where do car wash? Run errands. Now millions have come. And you are walking and talking like you are a God. This is why you see in the scripture. Every time God wants to judge a great man. Like Saul, like David. God will first rehearse for them where he brought them from. Because it looks like what makes them behave the way they behave that made the judgment come is that they forgot where they were coming from. When God wanted to judge David in the matter of Uriah, God first rehearsed it. He said, I took you from following the sheep and the, the lamb with you when you were little in your own sight. You remember how your father did not think you were qualified to be in the army? You remember how they did not call you when I wanted to choose a king in your father's house? Because everybody thought it couldn't be you. Now, because you have grown, you can kill a man and collect his wife. If you get to my office, I have a, a framed picture. I saw it one day. I can't remember where I saw it. And then I told the media people to print it out for me. Of Jesus sitting on the judgment throne. And the saints coming for judgment. I told them, I said, frame it for me. Keep it here by my office table. So that as I sit counseling people, before I'm tempted to tell them lies, I remember there's a day of judgment. 
Before I'm tempted to manipulate them because I need money, and request for a seed that God did not tell me about, I remember there's a judgment day. I want you to take time this morning and think where God started with you from. And tell me what right you have to be arrogant. Because when some people forget this, God seems to want to take them back to that place so they can remember. You forget how your family can hardly afford a meal in your father's house. Now you have built house and you are suddenly you have suddenly arrived. Nobody can talk to you again. Pastor rebuke you, you change church. I love God to bring blessed people to this church. But I enjoy more seeing people raised from here. So that the day I will rebuke you, I will remind, I will remind you how you were when you came. Before you tell me, Pastor, 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 I don't want to take that nonsense. I say, before you call it nonsense, when you came here, you were not like this. Oh. <laughs> Hello? People are calling you fine girl. Your head is swelling. You are dressing to kill. Slay mama. Now you be that same small girl where kata they come out for nose. For village, you they even lick the kata. Wear dirty pants, they walk out for street. Your mama spank you for the dirty bum mama and say, go and change your pants. For three days, you have not changed. But it's still the same you. Calm down. Calm down. Eh? Calm down. That's still the same you. People send me birthday messages most times. But one of the ones that have blessed me most is once one Pastor Jones sent me some time ago. Me and mommy, we laughed and laughed, but it set me thinking. He said, I just want to remind you about your farm cloth in the village. <laughs> that we used to go to farm, and you have your farm cloth, and I have my own. I can't remember the way he crafted that thing, but he's so, you know, Pastor Jones has a way with words when he writes. He so crafted it. Mommy said, this your brother is a clown. But that thing ministered to me. Ministered to me. Ah. Some of you, when you were in school, primary school, secondary school, to pass one a test is a struggle. No sanders to go to school. Now you have made money. You are now wakarin like somebody that came from the sky. Wakarin, permit my grammar. You know, I believe that one reason God removed good luck, Jonathan, he forgot that he had no school shoes. It's like God brought him there because you were already poor. You feel what the poor feels. You look, do you know that same president, Jonathan, once went to employ for a job in Shell and he was denied. So he knows what it is to be a graduate and be with no job. God expected him to address the things, especially the corruption that is causing that situation. He forgot that he had no shoes. And he started collecting our shoes from our own leg. 
Lord said, eh, mene, mene, take care. Can I ask you something? If God judged Jonathan, how will Buhari escape? They say, fire born for that. You say, what about, I hope in Bia is intact. The Bia Bia not the fuel. I said to God one day, I said, my father, with all due respect, if you don't judge Buhari, you have to bring a butter out from hell and give him another tenor. And apologize to him and give him another tenor. Don't forget where God took you from. The same Second Samuel 12, 7 to 12. Read it when you get home. Number nine. When you oppress those that are weaker than you, you are calling for judgment. Can I advise you? When God positions you in a place where you have more privileges than others in life, if you can help, help. If you can't help, leave them alone. Don't use blessing to oppress. Because blessing is not meant for oppression. My wife can bear me witness, this is one area God has given me grace. You will never find me crushing a weaker person. I don't do that. Because many times... We look at ourselves and we say, it could have been us that is in that person's position. And it could have been that person that is in our position. Excuse me, what did you do that, that, that made you more qualified? Tell me. If you can help, help. Can I hear you say amen? And like I'm saying, helping is not only giving money, advising, teaching, instructing. Are you getting what I'm saying? But if you can't, leave them for those who can help them to meet them and help. Don't crush weaker people. Don't crush weaker people. There's nothing I hate among comedians like those who use people's problems in life to crack their joke. You want to crack a joke as a comedian, you are forming imbecile. These are people in a condition that requires your compassion, not your mockery. Number 10, pride and arrogance. Pride and arrogance. Time will fill us to read, but you know the story of Nebuchadnezzar. God raised him up. Daniel 4, 20 to 33. He became so mighty. And one day he looked around and said, great Babylon that I built. God said, really? Now you build them. Come make I show you where then they built. You build with your hand. So me, I didn't do anything for you. Come make I show you people when they build anything. The king, nobody overthrew him. God, man, lift your hand. Say, God, have mercy on me. When God wants to handle anybody, he can handle anybody. All God did was remove the heart of a human being from him, give him a heart of an animal. No blood surgery has happened. And the king stood up from his own throne. Mm. Looked at his, at his aides and said, who are you guys? They said, where are you? Say, come on, get out from here. Everybody left. He looked around, nobody. He said, what, what am I doing here? They say, it's your palace. Say, me, palace. I get palace. No, 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 no. I don't like a place like this. I know where my palace is. With his leg. 
no warrior, no soldier. He walked into the bush, bent down, and started eating grass for seven whole years. Rain beat him, sun hit him. The king where they sleep for water bed before. Why? Because his heart was lifted up. And God wanted to. God said, you will be there until you know that the most high. You say that you build the Babylon. You don't know that I rule in the affairs of men. You don't know that if I didn't enable you, you can do nothing. Stay there. Then after seven years, his senses came to him. And he, he understood that we are nothing without God. And he extolled the most. I say, hold me eating grass in the bush. So all the people that are saying, your excellency, your excellency, nobody even came to look. When God reduced you, you will know that human beings get us with you. He get us with be. Our head needs some fixing. When the going is good, you will have many friends. <laughs> William Onyapo. But when the going is bad, they will all disappear. I always tell women, I say, when you are in your husband's house, make it work. So everything, I'll go to my father. Everything, I'll go to my... When you reach your father's house, after one month, your sister will say, when you they go? <laughs> Two months, you never still go. They say, I never still settle. The third month, they will tell you, now this is your bad character, and I make you know if you stay with your husband. <laughs> Work it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's just read this one story. 2 Samuel 26. 2 Samuel 26. Am I missing something? Looks like 2 Samuel is not up to 26. Let me see if it's 1 Samuel. No, 2 Chronicles. Yeah. 2 Chronicles 26. Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 3. 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding the visions of God and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper and he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jadne and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines and God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in the that dwelt in Gubal and the Mehunims. God helped him. May God help you. Look at verse 14. There's a twist in the story a little bit. Hello. Okay, let me start from 15. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones without. And his name spread far abroad. May God bless you to the point that your name spread far abroad. For he was marvelously helped until he, till he was strong. Again I pray 
May God help you marvelously. Especially in this year. He was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Let's leave it there. It wasn't the king's job to burn incense. It was the priest's job. He saw how much God helped him and he felt I can do anything. Be careful the thoughts that arise in your heart when you are blessed. Pride and arrogance. The priest went to tell him, King, it's not your portion to, to, to burn incense. It's not your job, it's our job. He said, who made you the king's advisor? Forbear. And the Bible said, leprosy baited him. And in Israel, you can't sit on the throne as a leper. They, they booted him out of the throne. That's, it is from there you get the scripture in the year that King Uzziah died. He was a leper till the day of his death. Such a great king that was marvelously helped. Pride. He started doing right but pride entered. Lift your hand and say, my father, I humble myself before you. Forgive me every pride and every arrogance. I choose the humble way. Please stay away from pride. Can I hear you say louder? Amen. Amen. Number 11, disloyalty to spiritual leaders. I don't have to read scriptures for you about this. If you don't know anything about it, you can buy my book. I wrote two or three books on this matter. The issues of disloyalty, rebellion. But I can give you lots of examples in the Bible. In Numbers chapter 12, Miriam and Aaron decided to talk against Moses. When you talk against your pastor, it is disloyalty. There's one who say, so if the pastor do wrong, everybody should just keep quiet. No? You can talk. But you are permitted to talk to only two people. The pastor and God. You talk to the pastor to see if you can correct him and help him. You see, very often we forget that the pastor is a human being too. Who told you a pastor is a perfect man? Then two, if you can't talk to him, then talk to God. Pray for him, intercede for him. Paul the apostle said, pray for us. That there are times we want to do good, but we find that evil is present. And the good we want to do, we don't find how to do. So pray. You can talk when the pastor is wrong, but you are permitted by scriptures to talk to only two people. His boss and himself. When you start talking to another person, it becomes rebellion. It's no more a matter of the pastor's wrong. It's not a matter of your own disloyalty. Was Moses right to marry an Ethiopian woman? So God wasn't saying he was right. God already said, don't marry. Those but the moment Miriam and Aaron made it a matter of discussion, God said, this discussion should have been with me, not with two of you. Okay, come, let's go and have our own discussion. At the end of that discussion, one person came out leprous. It was God's judgment. The temptation to talk against pastors is very much. But always understand that it is you who is doing the talking the devil is aiming at getting. A man of God preached a message many years ago. He titled it, Naked Fathers and Peeping Children. 
Noah drank wine, right? And got naked. His son saw and made it a matter of discussion. It wasn't a problem that you saw, but what did you do with what you see? <laughs> you see, Papa? <laughs> I see something today. I see, Papa, you just lie down like this. <laughs> Naughty boy. Naughty boy. Then the brother said, come on, shut up. What I, if you saw Papa, come on, get out. If I get out from here. The other two brothers that he told took cloth and went back. You know what they were doing? I don't want to see my father's nakedness. My job is not to train my father. They covered him. The man was sleeping. Then he woke up. The Bible says when he awoke from his wine, he knew what everybody did. How did he know? The spirit of fatherly authority. And he said, really? Cursed the Canaan. A servant of servants will he be. God should have said, I cannot curse him. Now you drink naked. No. Um, it was sealed. Stay away from disloyalty to spiritual authorities. Then from there we can enter into Korah, Datan, and Abiram, right? That stood up against Moses. Who are you? Moses said, uh, you say, who am I? Let's ask God who called me. Moses said, as for dying, they will die. But the question is, will they die a usual normal death or God will do something new? For the first time, earth opened, swallowed people, covered like nothing happened there. What do we say about Absalom? What do we say about Joab? Nobody becomes disloyal towards a spiritual authority and goes away on hot. Nobody. Stay away from it. Can I hear you say amen? And do you know nobody becomes disloyal except the devil gives them a reason. The pastor is preaching about money too much. The pastor is doing this one too much. The pastor is doing that. The pastor is doing that. The, see, stay on your lane. So you won't be hot. If you try being a pastor for two months, you will leave pastors alone. I'm telling you. Try my office for two months. Try it. Reverend Stephen Akiola says sometimes he used to ask God, why did you make me a pastor? Hello? Let's leave that one. Number 12. Why dealing with God? Be upright. Don't be deceitful. Say amen. The story of Ananias and Sapphira. That's the only story in the New Testament where God killed people instantly. Be upright with God. Don't, lie, don't deceive yourself before God. God knows everything. Ananias and Sapphira, if they came and said, we sold the land for 5 million, but what we want to donate is 2.5. God will say, fine, that's your grace. Are you getting my point? They were not killed because of the money. They were killed because of the deceit. They sold the land, brought half, and claimed they brought all. Don't do that. Maybe we are raising funds in church. 
some money just entered into your account. You say, Pastor, you know there's nothing. We're just managing to survive. If God provides, we will do. God says, You that I gave money yesterday. Please don't do that. The last but not the least, I am done now. And sincerely, I'm not sorry for the time. You should be sorry for keeping me standing for this long. This year I'm enjoying myself because it's a year of justice. If I tell you, you know, here, when you go run come my office, I go day. And then they go transfer. <laughs> we'll start the prayer fresh. You will not be there in Jesus' name. It's a year of reward for you. Listen to this one carefully. It's the last, but it's also subtle, but dangerous. Don't fraternize with people God has marked for judgment. I'll read two scriptures for you. Numbers 16 from 25. Don't worry, in five minutes I will be done. Numbers 16 from verse 25. Because there are some of us, God has given you grace. You are trying your best. Are you with me? But the other area you need to fine tune is the people you fraternize with. In the year of justice and judgment, stay away from people marked for judgment. Do you know there are people who die in, in a car crash because they entered the car somebody that has been destined to die is? That's the only reason they died. May you never enter a vehicle. May you never enter an aircraft. May you never enter a ship, a boat, or a canoe where somebody that God has determined to kill is. If you ever mistakenly enter, for your sake, may God change the date of the person's death. To be that day you are not there. May you not enter a house where somebody God has planned to kill by collapsing a house is inside that house. May you not. I am just telling you there are people who die not because they deserve to die, but they hang around those that God wanted to kill. One day, Dr. Mopai told this story. He was traveling with his wife on air. And the aircraft started shaking, shaking, shaking. And he slept off. And his wife woke him up. Uma, Uma, pray. He said, why are you telling me to pray? What are you doing? She said, I'm praying. He said, hey, you pray, I sleep. Then when the aircraft finally landed, his wife told him, you know, I don't understand you sometimes. You are a man of God. Everybody in this aircraft knows that you are a man of God. And the plane is like he's going to kill us and you are sleeping instead of praying. He said, ah, we divided the job. You know, when we touch ground, I will start preaching. So I need to reserve my voice. That's why I'm sleeping. You that's not going to preach, you do the praying. Division of labor. His wife said, oh, God help you. He said, God has already helped me. He said, by the way, let me tell you something. I know that that plane can't crash because I'm inside. If, if there's anybody there God wanted to kill, ah, God has saved the person by letting me enter the plane. He said, because if I was going to die, he won't give me the message to preach when I get there. 
He says, so I already knew it won't crash, so I didn't have to bother myself. May you not be in a journey with a man God has said today, I must kill this man here. Oh, may you not be there. May you not be standing with somebody who God has determined to come and kill with stray bullet. May you not be in that house where robbers want to attack while you are there. May your name not come to the head of kidnappers when they are desperate and hungry. Stay away from people that are marked for judgment. Number 16, are you there? 25. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men. Because some people know how to fraternize with the rebellious. We always have this David Goliath mentality. We don't know that sometimes small people look for big people's trouble. So we always know how to commiserate. Once somebody has rebelled against God or against a senior person or against his boss or against his pastor, we are the ones that will rally around and, and be their friend. We are the ones that will send them that day wishes on Facebook and like their post. I asked one of my daughters one day, I said, the person you are liking her post, when last did she like our church post? Because your heart can be clean, but if you don't understand principles, you can seem as if you're disloyal. David, Moses said, why are you people in the tent of the same people God wants to just come out? He said, touch not nothing of this. Don't touch anything that belongs to them. It is not malice. It is called separation. Why? He said, if you stay with them and touch their things, you will be consumed with their judgment. Verse 27. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Datan and Abiram and on every side. And Datan Korah, Abiram, sorry, and Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents. You know, these people were inside their house trying to be the nice guys, talking to them. You know, you don't have to quarrel me with Moses. You know, these pastors, that's how they behave. Just forget, just forget. Now God will deserve, not the man will deserve. So Moses is now the one that is wrong. And I've seen many Christians do this. Why can't they be in the tent of Moses with Moses and say, man of God, we are sorry. We don't know why people behave like this. After all your faithfulness and all your service, why are they treating you like this? Why are they in the tents of the rebels? Why? Hmm. One brother told me one day because he left our church. I said, why did you leave? He said, I don't know. Some people just told me they left. I left. Not more than three years later, he died. Now, I'm not saying he died because he left. I hope you understand me. But I also know that when they were in this church, there was a day I was preaching. And the Spirit of God stopped me and said, call this man's wife. She's signing up for death. And I said, where is this woman? Everybody looked for her. They finally found her in children's church. And I called her to the altar. I prayed for her. I broke the yoke of death. I pushed the cloud of death out. And she told me after the service, she said, Pastor, do you know what I went 
to the children's store to do. I said, no. She said, I, I, I decided to be convinced that I'm going to die. So I went to see my children for the last time. And the Spirit of God gave it to me right away. So I'm not saying that a man is God. But there is a way your heart is when evil wants to happen, God can intervene by revelation to your pastor. I told the man, I said, do you know why you left because they left? He said, no. I said, because you went to them, you didn't come to me. You know some people in church, when they hear, pastor said this, pastor did this, church did that, they will never come to the pastor. It is to the rebels they want to find opinion. And what do you expect a rebel to tell you? A bitter man will pour out his bitterness into you. And it's always amazing how people can say, I know this, our pastor, he can't do that. It's always amazing to me. So sometimes when I see the body language, I say, well, whatever you have chosen to believe is up to you. I am who I am and I am what I am. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Datan and Abiram on every side. And Datan and Abiram came out and stood in their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. So their wives, their sons and their little children were still standing with them. If you see your husband in rebellion, speak to him, advise him, pray for him. Don't take side with him in the name of love. What is wrong is wrong. What is wrong is wrong. One of the best ways to love a person is to deliver them from judgment. There are times I would tell my wife, I say, honey, no, 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 this one should not be like that. And sometimes it's very hard. Very harsh. And I would tell her, I said, you are me, I am you. If it hurts you tomorrow, I will cry. So I won't let it hurt you. So you're not going to do like this because this will be the consequence. And she will take it. Love is not pushing the person to death by agreeing that evil is right. That's not real love. And Moses said, hereby you shall know. Okay, cut the long story short, there's no time. You know the end of the story. The ground opened them, their wives, their children, their houses, their sheep, their goat, their asses. Boom, everything went down. Just imagine for a while, if one of their wives had said, ah, my husband, I don't follow you for this rebellion, no. If you love me, come over here. She would have been saved. Jonathan was a nice guy. This Jonathan, the son of Saul. How many of you know he was a nice guy? Jonathan was so nice that he already gave up the throne for David. He said to David, you will be king and I will be your deputy. I don't have any problem with that. But why did Jonathan die? He couldn't separate from Saul who was destined for judgment. And sometimes, man of God, the painful thing is that Jonathan even died before Saul. Then you get to Romans chapter 1. The Bible says not only those that do these things, but those who take pleasure in them that do it are worthy of death. Anybody is doing things. I have enumerated for you things that attract judgment. You see those things in somebody's life. You see those things in an organization. You see those things in anybody. And the person is not willing to repent. Withdraw from such 
withdraw yourself. I have withdrawn myself from many pastors. I talk and talk and talk and talk and you don't want to change the way you're handling the gospel. I pull back. A pastor friend of mine had a challenge with his marriage. His marriage broke. I cannot tell you that I blame him all through because I also saw some body language. I think it was mommy that saw some body language from his wife. And mommy, tell me all, mommy told me all is not well with this woman's heart. But I gave him a counsel. I said it's not just enough to inform me that your marriage is broken. You must do everything within your power to restore your marriage. I told him, I said, I will speak to my father and the Lord about it. He's more experienced than you and I. He has seen more things in life and ministry. He understands God better than we do. Allow him work on it. Tell him, let him invite your wife. I called Papa. I told him, I said, I've called Papa. This is number. Call him. He said, he won't. I went back to Papa. I said, Daddy, please call him by yourself. He said, I cannot mediate in anything you don't bring to me. Him, I said, okay, if you don't want to talk to Papa, can you talk to the other senior man of God? No. Can you talk to the other senior man of God? No. What do you want to do? He said, I just want to watch, let things fizzle out, then I'll think of how to remarry. I said, no, this is not the kind of friend I want. I went back. It is not that I think that I'm better. It is that if I am struggling with small carnality, I don't want to add your problem to my problem. And I don't want to be around in the day of judgment. Now, this was why I made an altar call some time ago. And I said, if you know you supported this party to become president, come out. I am not trying to slight anybody. I'm a wholehearted human being. I say and do the way it is in my heart. The reason I did that is I know that their judgment will come. I don't want you to be part of that judgment. Stay clear from those God wants to judge. Can I hear you say amen? amen? Stand on your feet. And please understand, it doesn't mean that anybody that is doing one small thing wrong, God wants to judge them. It's always a function of having been in it consistently and have no plan to repent or change. One of the ways you know people that are doing wrong and God will judge them is they get to the point as you try to talk to them about the wrong they are doing, they either shun you, they see you as the fool, or they make mockery of your righteousness. When you see those people, no try again, come out. Are you with me? When you see such people, you're trying to remember, that you can't treat your wife like this. It's so boy, leave it. In Every Day with Jesus Christ at Lord of Hosts, Lives are transformed in every way. Sorrow is turned into laughter. The saints are renewed every day. The sick are healed. The captives are set free. The troubled and the afflicted become triumphant and testifies. At Lord of Host International Churches, Eliopramwa Road, off Wimpy Junction, Mile 4, Umebrikum Port Harcourt, we preach holiness without compromise. Through the inspiring, prophetic and expository teachings of Pastor Henry, bringing you in close understanding to appreciate life in Christ Jesus.